great story from Jim. Jim said these words. He says, everybody can do ministry. Everybody can do ministry. How many of you believe that we have been saved to serve God? We've been saved to serve. We have over 45 ministry teams here at Glad Tidings. That's a lot of ministry teams. A couple months ago, we did this big thing called Team Link. Remember Team Link? Everybody went out there and signed all these cards. And we had over 150 people sign up to be part of a ministry team. Isn't that incredible? Uh, that, that's amazing. And, and we launched the Easter service. We launched into this Everyone Wins series. And can I tell you, since Easter Sunday, uh, our average uh, attendance on Sunday mornings has increased between 200 and 300 people on Sunday morning since we've launched that. And your hand clap is giving glory to God because God cares about those two, three hundred more people that are now able to connect with him through our services. Tana Heineman, our ministry team director, she handed me one of the team link cards a month or so ago from our team link. She goes, Pastor, you need to read this. Most of the team link cards, you're, you're filling out your name and your address and all that information and what team you want to serve on. And somebody wrote this on their team link card. And it looks, looks like maybe it's a female who wrote this. He or she writes this. I am not good enough to serve. I am not good enough to serve. When I first read that, I thought, that's a lie. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, you know what? That's true. None of us are good enough to serve. We don't serve because we're good. We serve because God is good. And when we serve, we give people an opportunity to experience his goodness. How many of you believe that's true? So if you wrote that card, thank you for telling the truth. None of us are good enough to serve. Here's the lie. The lie is this. When you get your act together, you can serve. When you get your act together, then you can start serving. But when I think about that lie, I think about what Jesus told Peter. Remember Peter? Remember how he, the Bible says he cursed up and down that he didn't even know Jesus. And he, he denied Jesus three times. And the first opportunity that Jesus had to encounter Peter, Jesus asked Peter a question. And it wasn't, are you good enough to serve? The question was, do you love me? What qualifies you and I to serve? We love God. He didn't ask the question, are you good enough to serve, Peter? He said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Jesus said, well, then serve. Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Aren't you thankful this morning that none of us are good enough to serve? We serve because we love God and because he served us. I'm glad this morning that Glad Tidings Church is the perfect place for people who aren't. Glad Tidings is a perfect place for people who aren't perfect. It's a perfect place to connect with God if you're not perfect. It's a perfect place to grow in a small group if you're not perfect. It's a perfect place to serve for those of you who are not perfect this morning. This morning we're talking about getting in the game. What is that talking about? What's well, talking about getting in the game of serving? And when we get in the game and we serve, everybody wins. But I'm going to take a little different angle on it this morning. There's 35 churches in the city this morning that are preaching this theme this morning. 
But our theme at Glad Tidings is this. When we get in the game with the Holy Spirit, everybody wins. See, you can serve on your own strength, on your own ability, and it goes flat. There's no life in it. But when you serve alongside the Holy Spirit and he's touching you and through you, it makes all the difference in the world. And this is not a Pentecostal distinctive. This is a Christian distinctive. The disciples in the book of Acts weren't called Pentecostals. They were called Christians. Turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. We're going to jump right into it, right into verse number 1. Luke writes the book of Acts. And he said, in my former book, talking about the gospel of Luke, Theophilus, he's talking to this man named Theophilus. I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. And after his suffering, he presented himself to them and he gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and he spoke about the kingdom of God. Let's pause for a moment and just to remind you that the kingdom of God is where the king is. Wherever King Jesus is, there's the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus could say the kingdom of God is within you because the king lives in you by his spirit. So where is the kingdom of God? Wherever the king is. Okay. Verse four, on one occasion, While he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Stop for a moment. This first baptism, he said, this baptism of John uh, was with water. That baptism symbolized repentance. A lot of what we saw here this morning were people, they were being baptized That is a baptism of water or a baptism of repentance. They have chose to leave their life of sin. God's forgiven them of their life of sin. And moving forward, they are a new person in Jesus Christ. These disciples were born again. They were baptized in water. And now Jesus says to them, now you have to wait for this new baptism. In a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him and they said, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They're confused again about this kingdom thing. They think it was a natural kingdom, a physical kingdom. And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the father has set by his own authority. Verse number eight, let's key in on that. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And usually we stop right there. Look at verse nine. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand there or here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go up into heaven. And let's stop there for a moment. Jesus ascended into heaven. 
gave them some instructions. Then he ascended into heaven. And these men are standing there going like this. They're looking intently up into the sky. And I don't know how long they were there looking intently, but it must have been long enough for God to say, okay, we got to do something. These guys are, are missing it. They're distracted. They're looking for Jesus. He, he, he went up and they're like, he said he was going to bring his kingdom. And they're waiting for him to come down. They're waiting for his return. And so God says, we got to get their attention. He sends two angels. They, they show up and they ask this profound question. Why do you stand there? The King James says, gazing into the sky. Why do you stand there gazing? Listen, church, I think the church of Jesus Christ, that the most part, we are so anxious for him to return. And I love that. We stand here gazing into the sky instead of doing what Jesus told us to do. So perhaps uh, these men in white, these angels were saying, in essence, why do you stand there looking up when you should be looking out? Why do you stand there gazing, looking for some supernatural sign, looking for some manifestation? Why don't you get about doing what Jesus has asked you to do? And they finally got the message. And the Bible says they went, they went to Jerusalem and then they waited and they tarried and they prayed. And there were about 120 or so in that upper room and, and they were there for several days. And then finally, finally on the day called Pentecost, it was the, it was a a big feast that the Jews had. It was called the Feast of Pentecost. And on the very day of the feast, the Bible says they were all together in one place and they heard this sound. They heard this sound and the Bible described it as a violent wind that came from heaven and it came into the room where they were sitting. And then they saw what appeared to be these tongues of fire that came down and they separated and they rested on everyone in the room, each one of them. And then the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues or a different language. As the Spirit of God enabled them. (laughs) They heard something, they saw something and they said something. It was a supernatural day in that room. Every one of them saw, every one of them heard, every one of them spoke. It was a supernatural experience that they had with the Holy Spirit. God was preparing them to serve. He was preparing them to do something. And the Bible says that there were, they were there in the city, God-fearing Jews from, from all around the world. Every nation under heaven was in Jerusalem that day. Every language, every people group, every tongue, every tra- they had gathered for this great feast. And when they heard what was going on, they heard these men, these Galileans, these people, local people speaking all these different languages. And all these nations said, we hear them speaking our very native tongue. Now, wouldn't that be amazing to come to Glad Tidings Church on a Sunday morning, Right. And people start praying in the spirit. They start speaking in tongues. And all the nations here start hearing their language. And they go, I know Walt. I know white Walt. He doesn't know Chinese. (laughs) So these men are hearing all their language. And they're saying, these men are Galileans. How can this be? And some made fun and said, ah, they're just drunk. They've had too much wine. And Peter stood up on that day and he said, men, these men are not drunk, as you suppose. No, this was prophesied by the prophet Joel in the Old Testament. And Joel said this in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. On 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 the on the uh, on on men and on women, 
on your sons and your daughters, on your young men, on your old men, on all the servants, both men and women, everybody got touched by the Spirit. This wasn't a one time the Spirit of God came upon Samson and he took the jawbone of a donkey and he killed a thousand men. I wish I was there to make a great movie. It really happened. This spirit of God coming upon individuals like in the Old Testament, that's, 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 that's past. Now God says everybody gets the spirit. Everybody gets baptized. Everybody's a minister. Everybody gets equipped to serve. And that's what happened on that day. What a powerful day that was. Everybody wins when we get in the game with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God makes all the difference in our serve. I don't know how to speak Chinese. I don't know how to speak French. And no hablo espanol. Right? But the Holy Spirit knows how to speak Spanish. How many of you say amen? He knows how to speak. See, the day of Pentecost teaches us this. This is so important. The Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost teaches us that the Holy Spirit can do through us what we can't do on our own. The Holy Spirit can do what those disciples on that day, those Galileans could not do. And the Holy Spirit can do today what we cannot do. And that is, and that is this, is to make the wonders of God known in a language that the nations can understand. The Spirit of God in this place, church, listen, over 55 nations here today, all I know is English. But the Holy Ghost knows every language in the room. He knows every heart, he knows every situation, and he knows how to communicate to everybody here today. I have people come up to me and they say, Pastor, it was like you were speaking right to me today. How many of you know it wasn't me speaking? Right? It's the Holy Spirit speaking through us. And sometimes the Holy Spirit is speaking things to you that I'm not even saying. How many of you know that's the greatest sermon? Too bad you can't get that one online. Shortly before I be, listen, the Holy Spirit makes all the difference. The Holy Spirit makes all the difference in the world. Over eight years ago, when I, right before we became lead pastors here at the church, we had an interview with the whole church. Everybody could ask us questions and they were trying to discern the will of God and, and what God was saying, whether we should be the lead pastors. And we weren't, you know, it wasn't our ambition to, to be the lead pastors, but we felt like God saying, submit yourself to this process. I'll reveal my will. So we had a we had a big interview. Just it was in this room and my wife and I were up here sitting on some stools and everybody was here. There were microphones and you could come ask us questions. And one young man, he came up to the microphone and he goes, he goes, how, how do you expect to how do you expect being a white man? How do you expect to successfully lead a multicultural church? That's a good question. This was my answer to him. I said, the nations will come, not because of the color of my skin, but because the spirit of God is moving in this place. Don't you know this morning that the Holy Spirit transcends color? The Holy Spirit transcends culture. And the Holy Spirit transcends language. The Holy Spirit knows how to make it personal for you. Listen, I could study your culture. I could study your language, but I'll never be Indian. I'll never be African. I'll never be there. I'll never totally understand, but the Holy Spirit understands. 
The Holy Spirit showed us on the day of Pentecost how he knows how to reach every people group on the face of the earth. And if we'll partner with the Holy Spirit, we'll reach the nations together. Doesn't matter what culture you've come from. Doesn't matter if there's a room full of Galileans, a room full of Omahaians. This is heaven. Every nation under heaven and every nation in heaven. The Holy Spirit knows how to reach. Can you say amen this morning? So here's my question this morning. Did God pour out his spirit for the meeting place or for the marketplace? If he poured out his spirit for just the meeting place, then we become like the church in Corinth. The Corinthian church had a lot of problems. They become very self-centered. They became divisive. I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. I follow Cephas. I follow Christ. They had all kinds of divisions in the church. They had lawsuits among believers. They were letting all kinds of sexual immorality happen. They were using their, their, their spiritual freedom in Christ. They were using their liberties. And they were trampling over people who were new in the faith. Right. All of this was going on, become self-centered. Right. It was all about the meeting place. The gifts of the spirit, the outpouring of the spirit was all about the meeting place and and how many people were speaking in tongues and how many people were prophesying. And those things are needed to edify the body of Christ. But their focus was it, it was all about me. It was a bless me meeting It was a bless me club. <laughs> Can I tell you this morning, God didn't bless us to bless us. He blessed us to be a blessing. He blesses us to be a blessing to the nations. Tonight, we're going to have our international worship and prayer tonight. And can I tell you this morning that we're getting together tonight and we're not getting together so we can put on our favorite clothes or sing our favorite songs, right? Or eat our favorite international food. No, we're coming together because we're going to call on God tonight to save the nations and to do it through us. That's what we're doing. Listen, it's not about the meeting place. It's about the marketplace. That's why God pours out his spirit. I love the meeting place. I love it when God pours out his spirit here. But the meeting place is the beginning place, not the ending place. The marketplace is where is why God pours out his spirit. Could it be that we've gotten caught up in Acts 2-4? They all spoke in tongues. When we should be getting caught up in Acts chapter 1-8, they all received power when the Holy Spirit came on them. And they became witnesses. Jesus reading Isaiah, he opened the scroll and he read Isaiah and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Why did God pour out his spirit on Jesus? And Jesus says, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news for the poor. He has anointed me. He has set me apart to proclaim liberty to the prisoners, to those who are captive. See, God doesn't pour out his spirit on us for us. He pours out his spirit on us for them. How many of you believe that this morning? Let me tell you, he doesn't anoint you for you. The Holy Spirit doesn't anoint you for you. The anointing is not something you feel. It's something you do. The anointing is not something we feel. It's something we do. You may not feel anointed. You may not feel this coming upon you. The Spirit of God. But God has called you to do. 
How do we bridge? Here's the here's the golden question right here. How do we bridge this this seeming gap between this this experience and this lifestyle? How do we move from standing there gazing, right? Looking intently into the sky. How do we move from gazing to this lifestyle of the Holy Spirit? How do we move from an experience with God to a lifestyle with God? Did you know that in Acts chapter 2, there are five years between the beginning of Acts 2 and the end of Acts 2? Five years. Five years. One experience... One day led to 1,825 days of lifestyle. What if our devotions led to a life of devotion? What if our Holy Spirit experience led to a lifestyle of, of Holy Ghost living and experiences? At the end of Acts chapter 2, if you were to open your Bible and you'd read 42 through 47 of Acts chapter 2, you're going to see three words are going to jump out. Everyone, everything, every day. This is lifestyle. In those short verses, you'll see the lifestyle of this New Testament church. Everyone was devoted. Everyone was in awe. Everything they had in common and they would sell possessions and goods. Every day they met together in the temple courts and in each other's homes. And every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. We read about one experience with the, the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2-4. And that one experience led to a five-year lifestyle. And it wasn't just that one day where 3,000 were saved. The Bible says every day God added to their number those who were being saved. What if we didn't wait until Sunday morning, end of the service, to give an invitation? What if we gave people an invitation every day? What if it became a lifestyle? What if this, this experience poured out into our everyday lives? How many of you believe that's the way God intended it for be? See, if it just stays in the meeting place, it gets weird. It gets self-centered. It becomes a bless me club instead of a bless them club. And God poured out his spirit. Not so we could all speak in tongues, although we should all speak in tongues. I could preach a series on speaking in tongues. Everyone in the room should speak in tongues. Well, pastor, you know, no, I'm reading my Bible. You read your Bible. Paul said, "I, I speak in tongues more than all of you. All of you put together. I wish that you all speak in tongues. There's huge benefits to it. How many of you don't know what to pray sometimes? And then the Holy Spirit prays through you in words that you can't put, you can't, uh, in, in, in groans that you can't put words to. Lots of reasons there, but we don't have time for that because I've got to wrap up this message. Can I tell you a couple stories today? Let me give you some examples of what this lifestyle looks like. We have a uh, we have a prayer team here at Glad Tidings, and we have a prophetic team here at Glad Tidings, and and they they're not only here ministering in the services, but they take it to the streets, and I love this. And they pray before they go out, and then they go out. And one day, this team was meeting together and praying, and Pastor Chris had this vision or this picture in her mind of um, she saw these bright pink shoes, and it didn't mean God was saying go out and buy some bright pink shoes, although. Pastor Chris is wearing some bright pink shoes this morning. If you see her, say nice shoes. So she gets this picture of these bright pink shoes. Another guy in the group, 
uh, Randall is his name. He sees, he sees, or not sees, he gets this word, lettuce. Lettuce comes into his spirit. Hmm. Maybe he needs to go on a uh, Daniel fast or something, right? So they go to Walmart, and when they get there, they go, they start by the produce aisle, and there's a woman, check this out, who's reaching out, grabbing a head of lettuce, wearing bright pink shoes. Not only is she wearing bright pink shoes, but her toddler sitting in the, in the, in the shopping cart is wearing bright pink shoes. Coincidence, right? Or God, right? Lifestyle, marketplace. So Pastor Chris goes up to her and explains, you know, we were praying and God showed me pink shoes and, and, and lettuce. And I think we're supposed to pray for you. And so they ended up praying and blessing her in Jesus name. And she starts going, oh, 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 oh. She was, something was happening there, right? Something was happening there. She was feeling God. Check this out. The next day, one of our members here who teaches at the public school was in the uh, a teacher's lounge. And this woman walks in wearing these bright pink shoes. And she says, you wouldn't believe what happened yesterday. I was in Walmart. And this woman comes up to me and says, I think I'm supposed to pray for you. You were in bright pink shoes and God showed me a picture of bright pink shoes. She goes, man, I just experienced the love of God so much through that yesterday. I couldn't believe it. See, how many of you believe that's God? Let's go back to the produce aisle. So remember, Randall had this thing about about lettuce, right? Well, we've seen part. So he goes and there's this guy. He's restocking the lettuce. So Randall goes up to him and starts talking to him, finds out this man's name is Saul. So he begins to tell him about Saul, whose life was changed and he became Paul and how God transformed this guy. And as he's telling him, Saul in the produce out begins crying. He's weeping there. Just God's touching him right there. And Randall uh, invites him to glad tidings and gives him a everybody wins card. I mean, isn't that awesome? It's just the way God works. God uses everyday ordinary people and Jesus has prepared us. He said, as the father has sent me, I am sending you. He said, you will do greater works than I have done because I am going to the father. Jesus said, unless I go, the Holy Spirit, the comforter will not come. And the Holy Spirit came and brought gifts, not degrees, not diplomas that you earn. Listen, he gives gifts. Nobody gets a nobody gets uh, letters in front of their name. Nobody gets a diploma on the wall. God gives gifts to ordinary people. They're called spiritual gifts. And listen, every time I hear about somebody who preaches against spiritual gifts, I say, man, what pride, what arrogance. The Bible says eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Why? We need them to accomplish our mission, not just in the meeting place, but out in the marketplace. My daughter was, she's 14 years old. She was at, she's in eighth grade. She was at school and she found out one of her teachers was sick and has leukemia and, and she, um, or lymphoma, one of the two, I can't remember. And she just felt, feels like, you know, I need to go pray for this teacher. You know, she's 14 years old, you know, I mean, it takes a lot of courage to go up to an adult, right? It takes a lot of courage for an adult to go up to an adult, <laughs> And for two days, she kind of put it off and she couldn't get away from it. She just felt like God kept stirring that back up. So finally, one day, as the kids are leaving class and she's there left and there's the teacher, she says, you know, I just feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. Can I pray for you? And teacher says, yeah, sure. So 
Anne begins to pray for her. Real simple prayer. God, thank you for her life. God, I know you want to bless her. God, I ask you to heal her body. Simple prayer, right? Simple prayer. Amen. Anne looks up and and this teacher just crying, just crying. Because she felt that God's love through somebody. I don't know if she's going to be healed, right? I'm believing she will be healed. But I know this. God loved her that day through one of us. Sometimes we wait for the word of knowledge. And we need those words. Jesus had those words. Remember the woman at the well? He said, you've had five husbands and the one you're living with is not your husband. And she goes, ooh, ooh, uh, I can see you are a prophet. (laughs) And then she got saved. And she went back to her hometown, her village, and she told everybody, she says, come and hear a man who told, he told everything about me. He knows everything about me. And I didn't tell him and nobody, and he knows this. Nobody knows I'm living with this guy. You got to hear this man. He's from God. Words open up, words of knowledge, open up doors, get people's attention like never before. But don't wait for a, a word of knowledge. See, vision, vision is more than seeing into the future. Vision is seeing the need right in front of you. Sometimes what happens is this. We we look so far out into the future or we look so far behind us. we, We don't have any eyes to see the need that's right in front of us. I heard on the radio just the other day this this police officer. He true story. He he pulled this man over and the man was thinking, oh, he's pulling me over because my windows are too darkly tinted. And so the officer comes up and he begins to talk to the to the man and and he looks through the back window and he noticed there's this this toddler. Turns out she's three years old and she's sitting in the back seat. She's not in a car seat. The officer immediately says to the man, excuse me, sir, I want you to step out outside of the car and stand right here. So the man gets out and he stands there and the officer begins to question him about what's going on. It's, it's unusual, right, to have a three year old not in a car seat. So he begins to question this man, begins to to hear his story and what's going on. Pretty soon the officer tells the man, get back in your car. I want you to follow me to Walmart. The guy says, what? Why, Walmart? Just get in your car. Follow me to Walmart. So the officer drives to Walmart. This guy drives behind and follows him to Walmart. Officer goes into Walmart with him. True story. Buys the guy a car seat. And it's the perfect color. It's blue. It has the butterflies on it, just like his daughter likes. And the officer even helped him install it, get it in right. And later on, they asked the officer about it. And he goes, you know what? I realized that guy, he didn't need a ticket that day. He needed help. He needed help. Don't need a word of knowledge for that. You just need to have vision to see the need that's right in front of you. We've got plenty of needs here at Glad Tidings in the house, but we've got some great opportunities outside the house as well. Let me just draw your attention as we close to four ministries within the house um, that are ministering outside. Embrace the Nations is one of them. Pam Franks is the director, founder of Embrace the Nations. And the main responsibility of that ministry is to embrace the refugees that have come to Omaha, Nebraska. To embrace the Sudanese refugees and, and all the others and the, the Bhutanese and, and all of these other refugees. And they're doing a marvelous job. Many of you are serving on that team. Can I tell you this morning, this is the heart of God. The heart of God is this, to do more miracles out there than in here. It was on the way to the temple that Peter and John met the man at the gate, beautiful. It was on the way to the temple at the time of prayer. It was before they got to the doors of the church. 
We've got plenty of opportunities. The Assure Women's Center, they are they're meeting women in a situation where they have an unplanned pregnancy and they're in a crisis and they have to make some decisions. Men and women, you can serve in that ministry. We have cell adoption program. We go to the jails and we hold services and Bible studies there. Jesus said, if you visit them in prison, you visited me, he said. We have an opportunity there. We have a captive audience, right? And some of you are going, yeah, I don't know if I can do that. I'm not sure if I can relate. Yes, you can. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We just all haven't gotten caught. So we can all be part of that. We feed the neighborhood every day after school. We have an after school feeding program called Kids Cafe right here in our church. It's the messiest day of the week. The the, the building gets, it's just messy because kids are messy, right? But we're feeding these kids and we're loving them in Jesus name. We have some great opportunities for you to get involved with that. And we need to wrap it up today. I got I got too many stories to tell because God's doing so much through you. You need to know this morning that you're the ministers. I'm not the minister. You're the ministers. I want you to come back every Sunday and I want you to tell me what God did through you. I don't want you to be coming. This is what God did through you, pastor. He spoke through you. He said, I want to hear what God did through you. I want to hear the stories of of miracles that have happened through you. Words of knowledge that God has given to you. That's the way it's meant to be. When we get in the game with the Holy Spirit, everybody wins. Here's what I'm going to ask this morning. Some of you, you came to church to get saved. That's the only reason you're here. And I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. If you are not right with God and you want to be right with God, you want to say, Jesus, you are Lord. I want you to come down, meet me right here in the front. There may be nobody that comes down here. There may be 10 people that come down here. But listen, 1986, Easter Sunday, the day I got saved, my pastor gave a bold call and I gave a bold following. Jesus said this, if... He said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my father in heaven. So if you know you need to get right with God tonight, man, come down here and say, you know what? I have decided to follow Jesus. I don't care what anybody thinks. I just want to be right with God. We want to encourage you to come this morning. Just stand to your feet. Come right where you're at. Everybody can stand. Everybody can stand to your feet. God bless you, man. I love your humility and your honesty. God's going to meet you. We're going to pray for you in just a moment. Anybody else want to join in on that? Please come down. Don't hesitate. Just make your way down here as quickly as you can. Those of you today, you're saying, you know what? I need the Acts 2-4 experience so so I can have the Acts 1-8 lifestyle. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so I can live this lifestyle of, of gifts and of power and of witness. If that's you today, you don't have that filling of the Holy Spirit. You have a deposit. Wonderful, wonderful. But you need to be full. I need more than just the deposit of the Holy Spirit guaranteeing heaven. I need the filling of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to reach my earth. So that's you. I want you to come say, I need a fresh filling. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to ask our prayer workers if you would come and just line up front here. Those of you who want to be filled, we're going to pray for you. Those of you who want to be saved this morning, we're going to pray for you. And those of you who need healing or whatever it might be, we're here to minister to you this morning. Let's bow our heads together. God, thank you for our time together, Lord. Thank you that you're in this place. And when you're in this place, it makes all the difference in the world. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you that the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person person who's come to live inside of us, the person who's called to equip us. 
God, I pray that this church, God, would explode in the marketplace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you want to sign up to be one of those four ministry teams that I mentioned earlier, go to Classroom 201. They'll tell you more about those awesome opportunities. Let's get out of our seats and let's get out into the streets in Jesus' name. God bless you this morning.